Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. Josen, are you looking up my skirt? Hi everyone, Jocelyn here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, and we look here, the time is 11.15 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is May 12th, 2021, Wednesday, and just about eight days from now, I'll be going into my ophthalmologist to see exactly how everything is going. Had the surgery back in 2019. And just to get an update on the eye care, the pressure, that kind of thing. And I'm just saying this uh, for those of you who inquired and wanted to know the status of my vision. I can still see without a problem, except there is a problem. The problem is I see with, if you take a Ziploc bag and hold it up to the light and then look through it, that's the way my vision is. That would be a good representation of it kind of cloudy and it's really lighter so you don't see as much attention to detail so that's to give you an idea so those of you experiencing ocular pain you may want to go into your optometrist and get checked out to see whether or not you know they could pre-screen you for glaucoma because that is a disease that will sneak up on you And before you know it, your peripheral vision will go. And by the time you're on the drops to regulate the pressure, it could very well be too late and you need surgery. So check on that. Your eye pressure should be below 20. And I'm not giving you any medical advice. Your doctor will tell you this. But just to give you a heads up, for those of you who want to know more about it, uh, I believe glaucomafoundation.org. You can find out more information about it just in case you're challenged with it. And it doesn't matter about your race or your ethnicity. Because some people say, oh, it's a black person's disease for old black men, which is the biggest lie ever told. Once you look and see exactly what's going on with that particular condition, you can educate yourself so that you don't fall victim to it just in case you're predisposed. Just a word to the wise folks, I'm telling you. Get it while it's early. Do not wait around. And another thing I will tell you, just while we're on the subject, if you're with an HMO, get a second opinion outside of that HMO system. This is the thing that really cost me time and cost me my vision because they refused to send me out to a specialist, which they should have done. The guy that they had me working with was actually consulting other doctors and other institutions and fumbling through a book himself to find out what medications to give me. They would not send me out of network. And I'm going to tell you, don't allow yourself to get caught up in that trap. All right, let's get to the topic of the day. A few people have written in about a problem they're having now. And they've started to experience this. They've paid for the year for many of these dating sites. And they're noticing they're not getting any responses or very few responses. 
They wanted to know why. One of the things that I would suggest to you is being that things are opening up now, we're going back to a quasi sense of normalcy. So people are not so dependent to be online anymore. They're still going to be there and some have chosen to go online for the rest of the duration of their lives. While you have others that have decided they were just going to do online you know, transactions, relationships, just to pass the time because everybody was locked down. Now that everybody's a little bit more mobile, out of sight, out of mind, right? So this is one of the explanations for it. Another is a lot of people want to meet someone face-to-face now as opposed to just in a virtual environment. And unfortunately, you had many scammers, jerks, jackasses out there who can't prolong that process for them meeting someone. And so a lot of times people become very cynical. You know, you go online, you're not going to really meet anybody, you have hookups. And you have a lot of people who are actually now getting involved with those relationships that they've established. So there are a plethora of reasons why people are not responding. And it also could be the way your ad is structured, the way your profile is structured, photos, a lot of things. Now, as many of you know, I signed up with OkCupid. I signed up with Hinge. Signed up with Bumble for a short period of time. Didn't like Bumble's vibe. I got tired of running into so many women that had been dogged out by men that they came in with a negative disposition. Like I said, it's not the platform. It's the people on it. Misery Loves Company people who are happy, love, they love company. It all depends on the people that they're going to have around them. And what happens a lot of times with many of these sites, they have like a group think, where you kind of see the same feel of a person, no matter who they are. One thing I'm noticing on OkCupid is that a lot of the women who are contacting me are married and they want to have an extramarital affair. I'm seeing that a lot. And of course, I'm turning them down, hands down, not dealing with it. Don't want to get involved in their problem. If a person comes to you and they can't even stay in their marriage, that tells you right there that this person's fucked up anyway. No matter if they say that it was the husband's fault or if they say if it was the wife's fault. Here's the thing. It's their fault, too because they can't focus on a relationship, try to fix it, or let it go. And I look at it this way. If someone comes into your life and they're married or they're in a relationship, what they're doing basically is walking in with muddy shoes on white carpet. And you will be the fool to let that person in your house and let them track up your place. I don't care how good they say it is as far as for them to get away. I don't care how easy they say it is. I don't care about them saying that their spouse doesn't care who they're with or whatever. If the spouse did not care, the spouse would be with them and say, let's go over to John's house. 
wife. And you go sleep with John, I'll wait in the living room if he didn't really care. So we know that that's bullshit. That's from her perspective. That's from what she's telling you. Because one thing that cheaters will do, especially married cheaters, they're going to minimize the threat of their partner with you. That's the way they get you. If you're skeptical about the wife or the husband, you should be. Because they will say, well, you know, he never follows me anywhere. He never. What if he decides to have a wild hair up his ass and do it? You know, it's just like that situation that I read about the 68-year-old mother that had a 38-year-old son still living at home and he wouldn't get a job or do anything. She was paying his child support for his first child. And he started an affair with a married woman with three kids and a husband. And the woman comes over to his house, over to the his mother's house rather. And he gets an altercation with the with the with the husband because the husband followed. Goes to jail. Mom bonds him out. This idiot son of hers goes back over to the woman's house, gets into another altercation with the man and get his bail revoked. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Drama. That's unwarranted. Now, a lot of these ladies, and I see their ads on Craigslist, Mother of three, 44, looking to have some fun for about four hours. Cannot host. Really? And for some reason, you're not leaving. And see, they try to justify it because of the financial situation, because of the kids. What happens if that spouse would have passed? They would still be able to function. They're using this as an excuse so that they're trying to make it more conducive to the person that they're trying to persuade to sleep with them. And let me tell you something, guys. Women will try to use pussy in this way in order to get you. And here's what you have to remember. There's a dude attached to that ass. And I'm not talking about from a moral principle perspective. I'm talking about a practical one. Nobody likes to invest in something and then have somebody else use it for free. And this is actually what's happening. And she'll tell you, oh, well, he doesn't get mad. He doesn't follow me. Uh, He's not a fighter. You hear all that shit. You don't know. Ask some of the women, well, you can't, who didn't make it, who thought that their husbands were not violent. And they wound up taking them out because they caught them cheating. This is no game and no laughing matter. Plenty of fish, full of those women. I quit going on Plenty of Fish years ago because there were so many married women trying to hook up and then they would get mad when you told them, I don't do married women. I don't, I don't even deal with them. What's wrong with you? You gay? They always try to provoke you with something stupid like that, right? Your gender. 
And I responded back. I said, what's wrong with you? You a lesbian? Her eyes bucked. Because she wasn't expecting that. Because, see, what's happened in our society, we have been so accustomed for men to be emasculated now. And it's a laughing joke. And stupid-ass men, unfortunately, laugh at those same jokes that are not funny. Guys, you need to stand up and quit acting a damn fool and taking this for granted. In general, what comes down, what it comes down to is this. The way our society is going right now in America is very soft, very permissive. Things that we would normally call for what it is We can't call it what it is by its name anymore. Like, I'll give you an example. This whole vegan trend. Vegan steak. What the hell are you trying to do? Market plant-based foods so that more meat eaters will eat it? I don't give a damn. An eggplant will never be a steak to me. An eggplant will be a eggplant. It would never change. An eggplant. Excuse me, because they had a vowel behind it. just not going to change. I'm eating a steer, steak. That's right, that bastard that's out in that pasture that's looking at me crazy with them horns, he's gonna be on my plate. Plain and simple. Because if you're gonna eat plant-based food, just call it what it is, plant-based. But see, it's all about the marketing because we'll sell our souls in a capitalist system to make a buck. Hell, you look at it like this. If they bought and sold slaves, people, what the hell makes you think that anything else is sacred in society? Women selling their vaginas. Women selling their buttholes. Yes, folks, there are women out there on different sites that don't do vaginal, they don't do oral, the only thing they do is anal. And they make a lot of money at it. We're talking girls, wives, you name it. Because there's a market for it. Anything that can be exploited, sold, or used, we're doing it. Which means that we have one thing in question, our moral character as a nation. When is enough enough? When, when do we get, quit being bullshitted and gaslighted by the politicians? By the marketing machine? When does it stop? When you have a three or a five-year-old child talking about they can't decide what gender they want to be. The hell with that. You're what you're born until you get to a certain age. Instead of having these influencers coming in and telling them and persuading them that they're a certain way. We're even exploiting our kids for that benefit. Marketing, money. I was watching Facebook. There was a girl that was six years old and had a hair weave in her head. 
the mama was sitting there so proud at the beauty shop at the beauty shop while this woman was putting that in her head. And the child didn't know. The child was just sitting there. That's the reason why I tell you men, if you get with a single mom, look at her parenting skills. Look at her priorities. Look at her decisions, the decisions she's made. And I'm talking about from the decisions on the guy that she slept with to have the child, not the child. And that should tell you something. If she said the guy wasn't shit and that it was a thug, guess what? She fucks thugs, so therefore she ain't shit if she says it. That's the way it has to be, fellas. I'm just going to be straight up and honest with you on that. Now, there's some good women out there get stuck with a bad guy. True enough. But you know one thing that those women do? They pick themselves up and clean themselves up and approach life as someone who's confident and not a victim. They approach life not blaming someone else without blaming themselves also. They're accountable. Far and in between, but they're there. That's the way it is. You go on TikTok, you hear all these girls talking about they're in the anal, sucking dick, and everything else. Pin up the man. But yet, as you listen to many of them disclose some aspects of their lives, many of them had a fucked up childhood, which led to fucked up relationships, which led to a fucked up life which led to a fucked up perspective of themselves and a a fucked up perspective of men. And what did it all come down to? Exposure, environment, influence, and poor decisions based on the information they gathered throughout their lives. See, At some point in our development, we feel as though we're the only person that knows something because we're experiencing it firsthand. And then once we realize other people have experienced it, that builds a sense of confidence in what we're already going through our response. Whether it was right or wrong or indifferent, we had a response. And as long as we can have validation that someone else went through that same experience, That's good enough for many of us to go forward. But what we have to to understand is this. Most often we get caught up in our own experiences and we think that it can only go one way. And this is where the roads kind of fork. We'll talk more in just a moment. It's tax time. May 17th is the new deadline for filing your taxes. One question I get asked a lot is, are child support payments deductible from income for tax purposes? The answer is no. The reason? Well, when you pay child support, you're essentially offsetting the cost of raising that child, feeding, clothing, and sheltering that child. If you were married to the other parent of that child, 
to whom you're paying child support, then you and the other parent would be paying that money out of pocket to raise that child, the food, clothing, and sheltering of that child. So that money's not deductible from income taxes. Now, there are certain expenses that are deductible. You need to talk to your tax professional to determine what those are. Things such as private school tuition, daycare expenses, things like that can be deducted in certain situations. But child support per se is not deductible from income for determining taxes. You are listening to the Romantic Truth Podcast out of Las Vegas. We hope you enjoy and please leave a comment. First, a warning. If the news of pregnancy would be devastating to your life, do not do this. In a normal healthy cycle, a woman can get pregnant six days out of the month. That's five days before ovulation and then one day after. Ovulation is when you release an egg. That egg lasts in your body anywhere from 12 to 24 hours. Sperm can survive in your body for up to five days. So if you're ovulating on day 10 of your cycle and you had sex on day six of your cycle, there's a chance that there's sperm still waiting in your tube somewhere for that egg to come by. With the rhythm method, I know when I'm ovulating, I know my fertile days so I can either abstain on those days or use protection. Personally, I'm able to do this because I have very regular consistent cycles. I know what day of my cycle I ovulate and I know all the signs of ovulation approaching. And basically the rest of the month, you're good to go because you can't get pregnant if there's no egg. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here. Romantic Truth is a Thursday and it's May 13th, 2021. Notice I said that kind of sheepishly. And it's 12.32 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Hope you're doing well. Folks, we're going to discuss a topic today that many of you have to deal with in relationships called G-U-I-L-T, guilt. Now, it's an emotion that is used to manipulate more so than anything else, whether you manipulate yourself with it or whether someone manipulates you with it. And primarily what it comes down to is it's the sentiment of feeling as though you have done a wrong. Some people will use this as a weapon in a relationship, an emotional weapon. This is used to keep you doing what they want you to do. Now, where are some of the places these are? this particular uh, technique is used in a relationship? Infidelity is one. Forever and a day, that person is trying to make up for cheating. And some people will use that who were cheated on as leverage to get things they want to actually extract the power of the relationship towards their side, more so, and to leverage the possibility of divorcing if they're married as collateral because it would cost the other party too much or it would upset the lifestyle that they have at the present moment. So in this sense, what happens is guilt is used 
as a tool in order to get what you want. Provided that you understand that there are certain measures of guilt that you have to actually address. Because if you don't, what will happen? They will use that sentiment to their advantage and to a fault if you're not careful. Let me give you an example. Take for instance, you have a couple. And one of the parties in that group decides that what they're going to do is they saw this nice outfit they wanted to purchase and it's not within the family budget. So the person will take the approach of well instead of asking for permission it's easier to ask for forgiveness. So they go whip out the credit card and buy this very expensive outfit. Now they have to figure out a way of concealing it. Because if they just brought it home and tried to tell the partner, "Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. I'll work overtime whatever it takes." That might not fly and start an argument. So this person, for instance, may decide to stage this item or these items over at a girlfriend's house. Take for instance, uh, it's the wife that's doing this or the girlfriend. And she does this. The girlfriend is kind of reluctant in a way because she doesn't really want to get into their internal problems. And then you have some girlfriends that are in their ride or die. So no matter what, whether you're married or not. The girlfriend doesn't care. She's with you as your friend, no matter what. Some of you ladies know what I'm talking about there. So what happens? You go, you do this, and now you got to figure out a way of making it up prior to your partner finding out or coming up with some kind of soft landing for yourself with the partner on this particular issue. Money's tight. You come in. You tell your partner you need to talk. You explain to the partner what's going on, what you did. An honest woman would do that. An honest partner doesn't matter about gender. Honesty doesn't have a gender. Now this person's going to get upset. They're going to get angry, and they're going to tell you, "Oh, well, you know, blah 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 blah. We can't afford it, etc., etc. You need to take it back." And you don't want to take it back. Now. Ladies, let me tell you something that some of you will do. Some guys do it as well. If you're buying something on sale, don't use your credit card because that would defeat the purpose. Because what you have to look at is this. Take for instance an item is 70% off, okay? And you get it at 70% off, but your credit card charges you a 29.5%. How are you coming out of here? You're not. So with something like this, she used the credit card. Now the husband may be upset because she did just what I just described. Now, he may take that guilt that she has now for doing this and carry it to a different level. Now, the reason why she more than likely took it over to her girlfriend's house first is because she would rather tell him 
without the garment being there. So in that way, he can't make a snap judgment on it, and it will be something that he will grow into like. I can't tell you how many ladies I've dated who have done this. And what happens is this: he goes and he says, "All right, I want to see the dress." Well, she can't wait to wear this dress, and you wind up putting it on a night that the two of you are going out, even though you really can't afford the dress or going out. But what she's trying to do, in a sense, is remind him that, "Hey, we're still in a relationship. I'm still a woman. I would like to be admired once in a while, etc., etc." However, that guilt still hangs over. Now, he's at a point where. He could go on and take advantage of that guilt, and go out and purchase something to leverage against what she's purchased. More than likely, he probably won't do that because he knows that will be hurting him. So instead, what he does, he pulls back a bit and he says, "You know what? You owe me for this." And what this means is that she may get in the bedroom and do a few. Sexual acts for him, that kind of thing. However, it still sits there as something that she feels bad about. What I've described to you, ladies, is what many of you use when you mess up. There was a guy that wrote me last year that had the same. Kind of situation. He had purchased some skidoos, these、uh, jet skis, and he got them pretty much at a reasonable price from a friend of his that was going into bankruptcy, and they were trying to sell off all the assets, get as much cash as they could. He purchased this thing, but they were still they were still expensive because he bought the trailer and all the rest, but he couldn't bring it home. So he brought it over to his friend's house. Eventually, the wife found out about it, and he called hell for it. Let me tell you. And what he wrote me about was how could he make it up to his wife. And I told him it's something that you have to gradually let her get through. Now, what she did, of course, was she took advantage of that opportunity and said, "Okay." Uh, for the next month, we're going to dinner every weekend, and you're going to take me to a posh, upscale restaurant. And she leveraged that against what he did. It varies from couple to couple. It all depends on their value system, depends on their level of communication, and it also depends on the integrity of the relationship. Now, I'll admit, I'm one guy that, if I'm with someone, I would hate for them to call me up at work and say, "Honey, would it be okay if I subscribe to the newspaper or the cable channel or whatever?" We're fifty-fifty. You go for it. I appreciate you letting me know, but you don't have to report to me. Just as long as you let me know what's going on, so that. And that way, we both will know what we're dealing with. 
But if it's something like、uh, a newspaper subscription or Girl Scout cookies, something like that, why bother? Just go in and do it. But you have some people, men and women, who want to control every dollar that walks through that house. And what they will do sometimes, they will make you feel guilty for a simple purchase, especially a purchase of necessity. And this is where you have a problem. What do I mean? Guy goes to work. He's wearing some worn-out jeans with holes in the knees. They don't allow that in the workplace. That's a hazard. So he goes out and buys him a new pair of Wranglers, thirty-five dollars. She finds out that he purchased those Wranglers and didn't get them on sale. She's upset. She wants to take them back and get the discount. He argues with her. Finally, lets her go and take the pants back. She goes and gets the pants, but also gets something for herself in lieu of that. Discount to offset that discount a bit. Of course, she doesn't mention it. She goes, and everything goes along fine. And then all of a sudden, he sees her in this new blouse or new top or new shoes, whatever the item is. And she may feel as though she's justified in doing that because she saved him money in order to benefit. From doing so. Now that this is the case, he kind of feels guilty in a way, but in a way upset because he doesn't feel as though she was honest with him. What she'll throw in his face was that, "Hey, you paid thirty-five dollars for those jeans. I got them for twenty-eight at Walmart, so I don't want to hear it." And he shrugs his shoulders and sloughs it off. And then it gets to a point where she sees that, hey, you know what? I got away with this. Let me see what else I can do. And what happens if it's unchecked? She will stop communicating with him on things and do them autonomously. Now guys do this too, folks. So it's not gender-based. And when this happens, whenever they're confronted, they're going to always have something in order to make you feel worse than they do about what they've done. And as long as they can keep that leverage against you, they got you. You know what's really sad, and I saw a friend go through this personally. He was what I used to call a working Joe. A working Joe is a guy. That may not have the highest self-esteem, and a woman may look better than he does physically. The woman may be a little bit more cosmopolitan, a little bit more contemporary, and so she puts him in this spiral, just like he's on a hamster wheel. And she's complaining to him about making money, about making more money. That's her whole argument with him, and what she's doing is projecting the guilt that he is not worthy or not good enough for her. So therefore, he works diligently. He takes overtime, no matter when it's offered. 
because he's constantly chasing the carrot. She's beat him down so much emotionally that he is literally afraid to even ask to have a conversation. She's the one that initiates the conversations and controls what the context of the conversation will be about. She has he has no voice. Some of you guys can relate to this. And at this point, he doesn't want to get angry with her because he knows he probably can't control himself because now it's building. He's frustrated. He stops coming home so frequently from work. Stops by his friend's place, maybe goes bowling to the bar, something to offset that anger because he knows when he gets home, it's going to be a whole different dynamic. At this point, she's about herself. Being that she has him at bay, she begins to have her social life. She's going out with her girlfriends. Now she's not necessarily messing around with other men just yet, but she's flattered about the possibilities that she can definitely have over him. And what this does, it gives her more fuel to throw on the fire whenever they get into an argument about however, whenever she has to be responsible. She can always throw where there are men just waiting for me. And here's when I know your relationships in trouble, fellas. When your woman tells you about some other man that could do more for her than you, and she has not taken that opportunity yet, at this point, what she's doing is she's conveying that everything you've done so far has been for naught. Compared to what this guy can do for her, guys, don't ever allow yourself to be in that situation. Because here's the thing: she's gonna swear and doubt nothing's wrong with her. And when she gets into therapy and counseling, oh boy, she's gonna lay it on thick. It's gonna be your problem and your problem only. You're the problem. And she didn't get this way by herself. She got this way because men have put her on a pedestal, an undeserving pedestal. See, as men and women, we are supposed to take our resources and come together. When I say resources, I'm not talking about financial wealth. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about integrity. Those fundamental things, because a lot of times we get focused on the money and and lose. The whole reason we want to have a relationship, because we're trying to build something. And as you get together and work together and try to make these things pan out between the two of you, your differences and all of this, where you're trying to reach a compromise on things so that you can coexist even better together as a couple. You have to remember your previous exposure 
in dating, in your childhood, in your life, all comes into that relationship. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. So she might have picked up bad habits in the past where there were guys just like yourself, low self-esteem, but had that fine woman that was thankful together and didn't want to lose them for anything. And you go out there and be booed a fool. You're going to debt for her. You do anything for this woman. And it could very well be, just like a friend of mine, he was doing the same thing. But here was his problem. His wife told him that he had to earn his way to have a child with her. It was not going to be a situation where he was a father by default just because he was married to her. This hurt him because when they first started dating, that's all she talked about was having a family. But what that was, nothing more than a lure to get him to marry her. And once she got into the captain's seat, the first thing she had to do was go for the power the decision-making, and the money. You remember the four things I always tell you about your freedom? Your wealth, your mobility, and your decision-making skills? And I tell you to guard those with your life? Here's why. A person like this would come into a relationship with the agenda to take all four from their partner. She takes away his freedom by keeping him at the job more so than he's at home because she doesn't like it. She doesn't want to be around it. And this is her passive aggressive way of working with him, dealing with him. Oh, she loves him. But you got to remember sometimes a person may love what a person does for them and not love the person themselves. And when it comes to like, if the person you're in a relationship doesn't like themselves, there's a good chance they probably don't like you. But let's go on. So when we think about this, she's grabbing this power, she's controlling this freedom by keeping them working like a dog. Then the wealth. Oh, you messed up. You didn't pay the light bill this month. You forgot it. I'm going to take the checkbook. And I'm going to give you an allowance. $200 a month. Now, once this occurs, she's almost where she wants to be. Except for one thing. She has to now secure his mobility and his decision-making skill. So, how does she do this? The first thing she starts doing, accusing him of things, making him feel guilty. And guys, some of you do this to women too. And ladies, some of you have experienced this as well. Like I said, these sentiments and these behaviors are not gender specific. It depends on the person. 
just using this as an example. Now, when this occurs, and she's going to definitely control his mobility, well, yeah, I'm sure you and the guys are going out there to the bar, and you're probably looking at nice women, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't you stay home with me sometime? Oh, he's loving that because now he has me time with the wife or with the girlfriend. However, it's not as he thinks it's going to be where he thinks it's going to be all intimacy and romance and love and stuff like that. She may want to have him home so she could play scrap, so she could play Monopoly, you name it. But here's the thing. As soon as one of her girlfriends call up or text her, she's out the door. Now, he doesn't realize yet that he's being controlled. But he actually is. So, she's taken away his freedom. In other words, that two or three hours that he could be at home, if not more, he's working, giving it to the job. She doesn't have to be around him during that period of time. So she's got a vacation from him. She controls the money. So she knows where he's going, what, well, what he's going to spend at least. And then when it comes down to the mobility, she can control that by telling him about letting her know where, she, where he is, accusing him of things such as cheating hanging out with his guys too much, not spending enough time with her. Control. Next thing, decision-making skills. Now, once a woman has blown your confidence, fellas, or ladies, once a man has blown your, blown your confidence in your decision-making skills, they've got you. I'm handling the checkbook because you, you don't know what you're doing. I'll take care of this or that because you don't know what you're doing. I'll take care of getting a plumber because you don't know what you're doing. I'll get my dad to fix the shelves in the kitchen. Especially if she's a daddy's girl, fellas. She'll go for daddy before she calls a professional because of anything else. Especially if she had a domineering mother and her dad is one of these downtrodden, beat-down guys, the yes-dear guy, that's when you know it's a problem. Especially when she discounts your efforts. Oh, honey, I could do that. Oh, no, 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 you'll just mess it up. I'm gonna get dad to do it. That's the price some of you guys pay when you date a daddy's girl or marry one. So, primarily, she has you in a function of making money to take care of the household. She's probably working. And she may even select what bills she'll pay. And of course, they'll leave you with the lion's share of the bills. Now, it might get to a point where you say, well, you know what? Okay, you've been working as a cashier Honey, have you thought about going back to school? And she gets offended. Some will, some won't. 
and she'll say something like, "Well, you know, it's very difficult for me to take care of this place and and clean up after you, etc., etc." Again, guilt. Guilt is a useless emotion when you've done the right thing by that person in the first place. And what you've done, fellas, you've done the right thing by going sharing your wealth with this woman and taking the risk of losing everything that you've acquired before you met her, and not to mention the things after you've met her. So she goes on and she says, "Well, I guess I can go." To school and get something, so she goes and gets her degree, but makes sure she stays on that job. Let me tell you something, guys. This is something you have to watch. If your woman is not working or not providing for herself, when you meet her. And she's looking for a relationship, and she's going on that traditional tip: the man is supposed to take care of the woman, the woman takes care of the house. Think about it for a moment. What if something happened to you? Oh yeah, she'll probably get the life insurance policy. She'll probably maybe get the property if you will it to her, something like that. But I just want you to think about a few things. What if she's bringing nothing to the table? You guys get married. She decides to go on and get her bachelor's, go on to law school, but not practice. Pass the bar, but not practice. It's for the sit-at-home wife, and you're paying for her to go to all these schools and everything. You're investing in her. And what she decides to do is divorce you. There's a good possibility, depending on the circumstances and the judge, you want to contact the legal experts, that she can get alimony for two years. So that would have meant you pay for her education, you fed her, you put her in a place, you gave her a car, you let her spend your money, let her control the money. She went and got an education. She's more educated than you are, and she decides to leave you, especially without you having children. That'd be a hell of a predicament to be in. But a lot of them, they want you to pay child support and they have a child with you. Then you'd have to pay child support and alimony, probably. So you really have to watch the person that you actually get together with in a relationship. You have to really look at these things and notice those red flags. If they come out very demanding, and I'm going to tell you something, you gotta gauge it on the way that person makes you feel about yourself. If she's cutting you down all the time, if she's telling you all these negative things about yourself, and yet she doesn't take that same zeal in her own self, 
She's projecting it out to you. She's trying to make you the weaker party in it. Ladies, same thing for you with men. If that guy is torn you down and made you feel like nothing, and you working your butt off, and you're providing all this stuff, and he's talking about he wants to start a music career, or want to become an actor, or whatever, but he hasn't really done anything but spend money, and you have not seen any fruits of that labor. That's a red flag. What the hell are you waiting for? And don't get into the mindset, whether you're a man or a woman, that nobody else will love you because they told you that. Because that's what they usually will tell you, and they do that in order to stifle your mobility, to keep you away from leaving. When a person tells you that nobody else will want you, they're actually saying. I'm staying here, and you're staying here because nobody would want me. That's what they're saying. Because it'll be more difficult for them to find someone than it would be for you. Now, here's the other aspect of this. With this kind of control. And that's all it is. They begin to abuse that control, complain, tell you what you're not doing. And guys, the majority of you who get treated like a dog in this kind of situation are with entitled women. Entitled women are the worst. Because even though they have everything at their fingertips, they still find a way to complain and find something negative out of it. I've known guys that have bought homes for their wives, independent of the residence in which they lived in. Cars, a lot of other things for them. Because they made that commitment, that promise, and in some cases, the wife never had to lift a finger to work. Gets money every month from the husband, and yet sit back and complain about every little minute detail in their lives, and even talk badly about the very person that's providing them the lifestyle they have. Ungrateful. You don't want to get caught up in a situation like that, whether you're a man or a woman. I'm telling. So there's some ungrateful men out there that that take advantage of the same opportunity. They don't care. The way they look at it, you are there for their benefit, and that's the reason why they project that guilt, that blame on you. Shaming you because they want to keep you in that orbit of self-doubt, and as long as they keep you there, they don't ever have to worry about you outgrowing them. You know, one of the biggest challenges for men who date younger women or marry younger women, just like 
with older women who marry younger men? Being outgrown is the threat. Where they grow up and they realize, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be here in life and I'm sitting here. And once they realize it, they leave. Now, pacing yourself with that partner where the two of you are growing together, you might be growing at a different stage because you're older, but that person's still developing. And here's the thing, they don't feel as though they have wasted their time with you. They don't feel as though they have missed out. When they don't feel that, that's when you know things will work out. And this is with almost any relationship. If that person feels as though they're not growing, are not advancing, there's a probability that they may leave. Irreconcilable differences in divorce. Common term. That's what me and my ex-wife use. Irreconcilable differences. And sometimes it is that way. Now, the one thing to keep in mind if you don't learn anything else from this particular segment, guilt can be used as a pure emotional sense of remorse by the person who felt as though they've done something wrong and trying to redress it, or it can be used by their partner for malicious intentions in order to take advantage of that person due to that guilt. Like I tell you, any of my friends that were to die, I don't need to get up and give a eulogy. Because everything I needed to have told them when they were alive, it would be pointless to do it when they're dead. I'd be telling everybody else the things I should be telling the person that's in the casket. So if I tell them they're a wonderful person, a great friend, and I love them, they hear that in their own ears, not through the walls of a casket. And that's what's important. We'll talk more in a minute, folks. Thanks for listening. Until he stops breathing, then perform CPR. Look him dead in the eyes and say, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Listeners, please do not forget to go to romantictruth.org for content, articles, and selected inquiries by listeners. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. You can listen to original tracks made by Jaws and check out JAUSAN trademark on hashtag SoundCloud. HTTPS colon slash slash SoundCloud. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth. Anchor or any of its affiliates.
The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. We thank our listeners in the United States, Ireland, Sri Lanka, Australia, Hong Kong, Israel, Macedonia, UAE, South Korea, United Kingdom, India, Germany, Nicaragua, South Africa, Bangladesh, Sweden, Netherlands, Serbia, Pakistan, Indonesia, Iran, Lithuania, Vietnam, Spain, Kenya, Philippines, Egypt, Latvia, Italy, Bulgaria, Nigeria, Belgium, Brazil, Austria, Chile, New Zealand, Rwanda, Norway, Iraq, Singapore, Czechia, Ukraine, Qatar, Tanzania, Hungary, Uzbekistan, Russia, Albania, Switzerland, Poland, Malaysia, Canada, Mexico, Czech Republic, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Slovakia, Finland, Taiwan, Denmark, Fiji, Thailand, Zambia, Mauritius, Greece, Romania, and France, along with many others. Listeners don't forget to support our partners Butterfly Braids and Life with Linda on Anchor. This podcast is copyrighted and Ray Broadcast is prohibited.